This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 55-inch. On this week's episode, we interview musician Jimmy Z, who played saxophone and harmonica on three of Al's studio albums. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave, you're never going to believe it. Never going to believe what? Last week, on Wednesday, May 13th, I was watching the live Mr. Show Zoomtacular annual business call event for charity. You know I'm a huge Mr. Show fan, right, Dave? Oh, yeah, you're a very huge Mr. Show fan. I could not miss this, so I had to watch it live, and I'm watching it, and I'm loving every second of it. Of course, Bob Odenkirk, David Cross, Brian Posehn, Paul F. Tompkins, Jay Johnston, John Ennis, Brett Paisel, all these amazing people were on there. And at the end of their broadcast, they said, okay, we have a special video to show you guys. And what starts but a parody of the Gal Gadot Imagine video with all the celebrities, <laughs> except yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob and David put together a bunch of comedian celebrities singing Eat It. No way. <laughs> so already <laughs> I'm freaking out because it's like two of my favorite things in the world, you know, intersecting. Right. I'm just in there going, oh, my gosh, this is so great. Oh, my gosh, this is so great. And then all of a sudden, you know, I see Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And then I see Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad. And then, you know, it, it has Michael Mando, Michael McKeon, and, and Rhea Seahorn from Better Call Saul. I'm just like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, this cannot get any better. Jack Black shows up. I'm like, oh, I love Jack Black. And then the video ends with Al himself singing part of Eat It. It was just, my mind was blown. I was like, I was here at the right time, the right place. I got to see this amazing video. You know, of course, now it's posted everywhere. But I was one of those first, you know, 3,000 people who got to watch that premiere. And it was amazing. I love it. So I'm sure you've seen the video by now, right, Dave? Oh, yeah, I saw the video. That was amazing. What a great story. You're just watching your favorite Mr. Show, you know, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, uh, you know, eat it. Oh, I know this song. And then all these great people, comedians that you love and actors that you love are up there. And then Al shows up. I, I would, Yeah, your mind must have been blown. Oh, it, it, like just seeing a Mr. Show thing in this day and age was blowing my mind enough as it is. Then Weird Al song shows up. That blows my mind. Then Better Call Saul and Breaking Brad are brought into it. My two all-time favorite non-comedy TV shows. <laughs> my mind is continuing to blow, just exploding. And then Al shows up. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> oh, So as much as I loved that, Dave, I did cringe a number of times during that video oh yeah i was cringing sure. yeah i was cringing a little bit too while they were singing because they didn't quite get the lyrics correct no so i i do want to commend you know of course al fred armison rachel bloom brian cranston david cross bela fleck and abigail washburn john hodgman jack black michael mando michael mckee and sarah silverman allison pill phil rosenthal and Rhea seahorn they did amazing jobs they got their lyrics right they did their parts but everyone else fudged it up <laughs> i want to go through some of these some of them really are heartbreaking to me uh bob odenkirk messes up a lyric bob odenkirk bob is like 
Amazing. And he messes it up. So, so Dave, I'll, I'll read, you know, what they said. And then you, of course, correct it with, with what Al really says in the song. So, right. so Bob goes, well, you don't know that other kids are starving in Japan. He got that close because it's, well, don't you know that other kids are starving in Japan? So he just switched. It's flipped two words, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Uh, you know, Bob Odenkirk, he's a busy guy. He's, he's Saul. You know, he, he gets right. somewhat of a pass, but it still hurts a little bit. And, and of course, anyone who is an obsessive Mr. Show fan knows that in an episode of Mr. Show, they did a parody of Weird Al, and Bob played this parody of Weird Al, which was Daffy Mal Yinkle Yankle. So, right. <laughs> so Bob is the closest thing to Weird Al we have in this video outside of Weird Al due to that fact. So I guess we'll kind of give him a pass. Okay. So the next person who comes up and screws it up is Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt, his whole brand is, hey, I'm the king nerd. I'm the biggest geek. He should know the words to the most <laughs> famous comedy song of all time. Right? Right. And he's been in an Al video before. Right. He's friends with Al. He should know, eat it. You know, it's not like it's some obscure song that he maybe listened to a couple times. Right. Eat it. Right. It's not like they're like, okay, we're going to now sing, you know, Water is Wet from the Weird Al show. It's like, no, it's not right. some like obscure thing that you watched 20 years ago. It's eat it. And you, you have your phone. <laughs> you can look it up the lyrics. Okay. So Patton sings. This, this one hurt me the most. Patton sings, don't want to hear about the kind of foods you hate. Right. And of course, the real lyric is don't want to hear about what kind of foods you hate. Patton. I it, mean, it, it's such a such a simple word, but that's like such an iconic line, right? It, what's the verdict, Dave, on Patton Oswalt singing "Eat It"? With Patton singing "Eat It," I just gotta pass. Gotta pass, Patton. Sorry. All right, so then we get Tony Hale. Of course, he's from Arrested Development. He's from Veep. You know, he's in a lot of these shows. He says, "You won't get no dessert till you clean up your plate." Very close. It's, you won't get no dessert till you clean off your plate. Right. And then, of course, Scott Adsay, you know, he's in a lot of stuff. Mary Shelley's Frankenhole. He's in 30 Rock. So he says, I don't care if you're full. Ooh, a little bit off on that one. Just, don't you tell me you're full. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of the same idea. Not not exactly right. And then Paul Shear, you know, he's another one of these comics that, you know, human giant, all these things. You, you should you, He should know the lyrics. So he says, you're playing with your food like it's some kind of game. That's Kind of the same thing, but it's you're playing with your food. This ain't some kind of game. You know, I'm going to give him kind of the benefit of the doubt here. If you're not reading the lyrics, I could hear like it's some kind of game. Like, I, I think yeah. that I think that's kind of I kind of give him a pass more than I would for someone like Pat Oswalt, who hashtag got a pass. OK, so then Amy Carlson, I had to look her up. I wasn't sure who Amy Carlson was. She sings. Now, if you starve to death, you'll just Nope. <laughs> See, I can't even say it wrong, Dave. <laughs> she says, now, if you starve to death, you'll have yourself to blame. Now, if you starve to death, you'll just have yourself to blame. Right. So she forgot just in there. She forgot a word. So it's eh, kind of close. And she's not like a, a big comedian. She's like an actress. So I give her kind of a pass. Heidi Gardner, another person I wasn't sure who she was. She says, you better chow down before it gets cold. Just eat it. You better chow down or it's going to get cold. So eat it. Right. And that's a big one. This one's kind of odd. It, almost like they did this one wrong on purpose. Amber Tamblin, of course, she's married to David Cross. She says, eat it, eat it. No one wants to see you beat it. <laughs> that, 
that's what? not the song. It's like not even close to their lyrics. I think they, if they didn't do that intentionally, I don't know what she was listening to because she was so off on that one. Of course, you know, the, the lyrics that she should be singing, open up your mouth and feed it. Yes. has nothing to do with no one wants to see you beat it. I mean, that, that's so out there. So then we have, you know, former Senator Al Franken, you know, definitely a controversial figure. But of course, you know, he was on SNL. He had a history in comedy. So he sings, have a banana, have a whole bunch. I don't care what you had for lunch. He got the first part right. Right. Have a banana, have a whole bunch. It doesn't matter what you had for lunch. Right. And so then, you know, then it kind of goes back and forth. And there's some editing things where they'll have like a couple different people repeating the same line. I think that's okay. But then before Al actually comes and sings and makes his grand appearance, they skipped like a whole verse. In you the skipped song. an entire verse. I was thrown off. I was like, what's going on? You, you missed the whole verse. They missed, if it's getting cold, reheat it. Have a big dinner. Have a light snack. If you don't like it, you can't send it back. Just eat it. Eat it. Get yourself an egg and beat it. Yes. So, you know, I see a lot of people, I, I guess this is a little controversial in some senses because some people are upset because they don't see the joke. They don't see the irony of this video and how they're kind of making fun of Gal Gadot's <laughs> high profile thing. And of course right. they, they're doing this one to raise money for charity. They list charity navigator. They list lift as an organization to support. I believe Mr. Show, their show, it raised over a hundred thousand dollars for charity. I, I don't have the number in front of me. So everything about this was well-intentioned and with a good heart, but I, I don't see people like you and I, Dave complaining that they got the lyrics wrong. And I, I just felt that we had to get this out there because it really was <laughs> bugging me. I know it was bugging you. So I'm, I'm happy to clear it up. You know, if any of these people want to get in touch with us and, and discuss it on the podcast, we would love to hear from Bob Odenkirk, Pat Noswell, Tony Hale, Scott Adsit, Paul Shear, Amy Carlson, Heidi Gardner, Amber Tamblin, or Al Franken. We'd be happy to talk to you on the podcast. If you want to clear it up, redeem yourself, give us a call 347 Spatula. And we'd be happy to have our intern Frank give you a call and discuss the terms of your redemption. I think it's important to note that there were a lot of celebrities in here that did a really good job. Of course. You you mentioned earlier Jack Black. I thought Jack Black put an amazing performance in there. (laughs) I have to imagine they each recorded at least the whole song or, or a bigger chunk of what was used. I want to see Jack Black just singing eat it by himself because i bet it's amazing oh that'd be amazing jack black he's such a great comedian he's got such a great talent he's got an amazing eye for comedy i just think his voice would sound wonderful singing eat it yeah entirely <laughs> and brian cranston like he he didn't even have to say anything and i would have been thrilled to, to see you know walter white himself on the video but he was great he sang it really well yeah yeah he did he was another one who did a great job and it just I love seeing all the characters from Better Call. So I love seeing Michael Mondo. I love seeing Michael McKeon. And of course, Rhea Seahorn. Just, I love seeing them all on there. And it, just, it was so much fun just to see the different people on there. Even though, you know, the some of them got it right. Some of them got it wrong. It was fun to watch that video. Yeah, that was a great video. I love it. It was so much fun to check out. So that was not the only fundraiser that Al was involved in last week. He was also part of Rock and Roads Couchella. We mentioned it on the last episode. That happened last Saturday. He was on there along with other celebrities such as Gwyneth Paltrow and Maya Rudolph. They hosted the thing. Bill Hader was there, Bob Saget, Ewan McGregor, Henry Winkler, Jim Belushi, Kate Hudson, Mark Hamill. Oh, dozens of other people were there. It was a lot of fun to watch. And one of my favorite parts besides seeing Al, of course, was that we set up a live Facebook viewing party 
and we got to hang out and watch it with our listeners. Yeah, that was so much fun because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know, you know, would Al be singing? Would he be performing? Would he just have a little cameo? So it was so much fun. While Al was not on, we got to just kind of chat about the show and, and catch up with each other. Yeah, really cool. A big shout out to those of us who joined us. UH Jeff, Johnny O'Hearn, Zeb, Vincent Anderson. And of course, just off camera, Jackie Rossi yeah. was there as well. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. And it was really cool because all of them have donated to this great fundraiser. Like you said, we did not know what to expect when we first signed up to watch this thing. But it turned out that Al participated in not one, but two different songs. Yeah. He was part of this like makeshift band of, it was called Crossroads Middle Upper School Parent Band. So it was a whole <laughs> bunch of people who had children that were in either the middle or upper school from Crossroads. And it was mostly, you know, parents and stuff. But, you know, Al was in there. Ewan McGregor was in there and a few others. <laughs> you know, it was it was, it was was a the kind of a put together band. And they did two songs. The first song they did was originally by the Beatles with a little help from my friends. Yeah. Al both sang and played accordion on that one. It was awesome. And the second song that they did was originally by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, and that was Teach Your Children. I loved both of those songs. And we didn't know what Al would be doing. And he, you know, watching those songs and then Al pops up, it was just awesome. And as soon as the Beatles song started, Johnny was like, oh, I bet Al's in this one because he loves the Beatles. And sure enough, Al showed up. So that was awesome. <laughs> Great prediction. <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch those videos. They were really cool to get to see Al, you know, performing with all these other parents and putting together these fun songs <laughs> and having a good time. And I also noticed that he was in his makeshift home studio where he shot the Fallon thing from. Yeah, yeah, that was so cool. It's always so distracting for me when he's in that shot because I always like to look at the stuff in the background. <laughs> Yeah, Al, I would like it next time you do one of these, if you could just move the camera around the room so you could see what else is in that room. <laughs> or just send us a video of that, Al. We don't, you know, it doesn't even have to be on this charity event. Well, so the other thing is they had this running bit during the show. The hosts, uh, Gwyneth and Maya, were like, oh, we can hack into people's cameras. And, of course, at one point, they hacked into Al's camera. Oh, God, that was so funny. <laughs> so they're spying on him, and he doesn't know that they're spying on him. And he's sitting on his couch, and he's wearing an ice cream hat, you know, the one from the Perform This Way. <laughs> and he's got on this oversized spam outfit which is like an old Halloween costume of his at one point. And he's reading this Mad Magazine book. And he's sitting there and he's petting his dog. And he's listening to classical music. It was just, it was so out there. It was so funny just to see, like, it's like Al just put on like everything that he could and just sat there and was <laughs> listening to classical music. It was, it was very funny, that bit. And, you know, I, I really think that Al showed up more than anyone else in the videos. He did two songs and he showed up as a pop-in. A lot of the people with the pop-ins just did pop-ins, like Mark Hamill or, or Ed Norton or, or Henry Winkler. Like he just saw them for like, a, you know, a couple seconds. But Al did all that stuff. So you could tell he was really going all out for the fundraiser. Yeah, for sure. And you remember that Al also donated a whole bunch of items yeah. for their auction as well. So that was called the Weird Al Yankovic Zoom Pop-In and Merchandise Auction. So not only did Al donate a bunch of shirts and old merchandise, he also donated the opportunity for someone to have a 30-minute Zoom conversation with him and up to 49 of their friends. That was so cool. I really wish we could have bid on that and win that because that would have been so much fun. Al could have came and joined our Facebook live viewing party for free, but hey, you know, it's okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> and of course, we did not win, but the winner paid $1,700. What a deal. What a great deal. So we found out that the winner is Eaton Cohen. He's the writer for Tropic Thunder, Madagascar 2, and Men in Black 3. How cool is that? Oh, and so many other things like King of the Hill. He wrote an American Dad, Beavis and Butthead. He co-wrote Idiocracy. Like, this guy's done so much cool stuff. So... What a cool guy to win this. He must be a huge Weird Al fan. Obviously, all those things are great in his resume, but to be able to talk to Weird Al for a half hour on Zoom, that's got to go top of his list. <laughs> well, maybe he's going to write another movie with Al. How cool would that be? <laughs> so, Dave, if you had won that, you know, forget the, the Zoom call, what would you do with all that merchandise? First thing I would do is I would make sure I got everything insured by Don Ferlazzo Allstate Agency in Clifton Park, New York. This week's episode brought to you in part by the Don Ferlazzo Allstate Agency in Clifton Park, New York. If you drive like crazy or about to buy you a condo, Don Ferlazzo and his team can help you with crazy good auto, home, and renter's insurance. Plus, the Ferlazzo Agency can protect all your winnings from the Crossroads Rock and Roll Couchella Auction. You may think your insurance is good enough for now, but don't wait one more minute. Find the Ferlazzo Allstate on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or call 518-278-3543 for a free quote today. The Ferlazzo Agency. We sell insurance, and that's all. And of course, the final total raised by Couchella was almost $300,000. So cool. Very cool. I'm so happy to be a part of that. Yeah. So another awesome thing that just started this week is our past guest. He was on episode 51 inch, Sam Anderson of New York Times Magazine. He's doing this special promotion to try and drive business to his local bookstore. So he said, if you buy a gift card for $100 or more from Binnacle Books, he will draw, and this is his quote, one of his stupid drawings for you. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, you can pick anything, but he gave some suggestions. He said he can draw a dog, a spouse, a baby, a TV character, weird Al, or whatever. <laughs> and I don't live anywhere near this bookstore, but I kind of want to do it just to get <laughs> a weird Al drawing by... Sam Anderson, a.k.a. Sham Blanderson. <laughs> Do you think Sam Anderson would draw a caricature of us in his stupid drawing style? The thing is, it's not like you're losing 100 bucks. You're buying a $100 gift card that you then use yourself at Binnacle Books. So you actually are not losing any money. So I feel like we should do that, Dave. We should see if he'll do a caricature of us. I would do it in an instant. Let's do it. Let's reach out to him. He's on Instagram at Sham Blanderson for that great deal. So he's not only just doing that whole thing, he's also has teamed up with Binnacle Books and he designed a t-shirt for them that they're selling. It's only available for the next two weeks and it features a drawing and a tribute to author Ursula K. Le Guin. And it's cool. I think it's really great. And all of the proceeds go to that local business, Binnacle Books. Yeah, that's really nice of Sam. He's such a nice guy. That's such a nice thing for him to do for that bookstore. I agree. How cool. And, you know, making it fun and interactive for his fans. So you can actually go to his page, at Sham Blanderson on Instagram, and you can see some of the drawings that he's done already, and they're great. Well, hopefully he'll add Dave and Ethan to his group of stupid drawings really soon. <laughs> Now, you guys know we always keep this podcast as family-friendly as Al's music is. 
but we were having so much fun and such a casual conversation during this interview with Jimmy. And, you know, he was just so friendly and comfortable with us. Our conversation was a bit more relaxed than usual and some spicy language happened to slip out from Jimmy. Dave and I were behaved. Um, in fact, we asked our intern Frank to bleep some words and he ended up having to bleep over 50 times. <laughs> we're also going to warn you that Jimmy talks a little bit about drug use and some of his stories and Ethan and I in no way we endorse the use of illegal drugs but as you'll hear Jimmy say he now knows that doing drugs will certainly not help you in any way as a performer so kids adults don't do drugs and <laughs> because we've never had an interview quite like this one with this many bleeps we decided to make an unbleeped version available exclusively on our patreon page so no kids hear it by accident you have to go in there you have to pay money you have to subscribe and sign up and all that stuff um so if you head over to patreon.com slash 2000 inch and you're uh, uh, one of our patrons uh, who is 18 or older and you love to listen to swear words, here's our gift to you. Uh, we'll have a secret episode with this full thing, as well as an alternate stinger, just for you guys, our Patreon subscribers. So without further ado, let us check out this week's interview. Our next guest, Jimmy Zavala, is an accomplished saxophone and harmonica player who, under the name Jimmy Z, can be heard on the N3D, Dare to be Stupid, and UHF soundtrack albums. Welcome to the show, Jimmy. Thank you. Good to be here. So can you please tell us how you came to work with Weird Al way back in 1983? Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> 36 years ago. <laughs> oh, shit. The first question. So, <laughs> no, I, I think pretty much I think I got a call from Scotty Brothers, somebody at the record company. And, and, and but then, you know, it's it might have even have been. Rick Derringer, because I remember being so stoked that Rick Derringer was going to be doing it. it. You know, I don't know if they said, hey, Rick Derringer will be producing or Rick Derringer called, but I remember being so stoked because I was such an Edgar Winter <laughs> fan. You know, you know, I played yeah. saxophone and harmonica and all that, but, you know, I was a real, real fan, you know, and I was going, oh, man. I mean, I immediately started practicing, I think, that second, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, a, it was either a call from Rick Derringer or the record company, and maybe both, you know, in in a certain scheme of time, you know. But like, uh, that's that's pretty much how it started, and uh, and then uh, that's 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 how it started. Do you know how they knew to call you? I still don't know. It's just word of mouth, you know. A lot of people go, "How do you get gigs, man?" I said, "You know, I don't know." <laughs> you know, I, I'm really thankful for this new thing called the internet because yeah. <laughs> when that came in you know when you know i was like going who does all this work this google stuff how do they know all this stuff <laughs> and then this youtube came out and uh all these things and i'm on all these things you know and I'm, so it kind of like helps people know about me and then it's not too hard to get a hold of me you know i got websites and i do a you know i got a guy doing some kind of media social media stuff but like i really don't i'm not together to have it, you know? <laughs> i'm just not wood man i still get pretty good calls you know from some i mean just off, off of alpha man like i i played on around the same time that same year 83 84 i played on a rick springfield record on a hit called bop to you drop hmm. harmonica solo and then like about a year ago 
after 30 years or so, he called me and he was making a new record and it was a blues-based record. So I ended up like hooking back up with him. Wow. You know, after 30, you know, and played on his new record, you know, and that was really cool. That was really fun. But like, so I'll, I should, after this, I'll be expecting a call from Al. So come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> come on now. <laughs> So it wasn't like you gave a demo to Scotty Bros or to Rick. It's they just no, heard no, about it somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. I was kind of in a whole high-profile group. I was I was playing with Rod Stewart at the time, you know, and I was – what was that 83 or 84 you said around that Yeah, time? 83, yeah. Yeah, and, and that particular I do remember I played on a, a, a hit single, a sax solo for Rod uh, called Baby Jane – I played the sax solo on that. So maybe they heard that, you know, I was, I was kind of like, you know, the new kid in town for those the early eighties, you know, for sax and harmonica and mm -hmm. flute and things. So I guess through engineers and producers and things, you know, the word got to them to, to, to call my sorry. <laughs> <ass up. laughs> All right. So Rick Derringer calls you and he says, I want you to perform on this album by this guy called weird Al. Did you know who weird Al was at that time? No idea. No <laughs> idea. And, and I, you know, and, uh, if you want me to expand, I was like, when I got there, uh, you want to ask another question first before I get into this? No, let's get no, into I it. Story, man. <laughs> well, man, you know, like I said, man, I'm thinking, oh, fucking Rick Derringer, man, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna show him, you know, what I can do, you know. And then I get there, and you know, I meet the guys in Bermuda Schwartz and all the all the guys that are still with him, I think, you know. And uh, they're all everybody's really cool. And and I set up my horns, and then Rick comes in the room. He goes, he pulls me aside. He goes, now, Jimmy. This is gonna be kind of weird, but these songs are—you know—this is not your standard pop record. I said, hey, "No problem, man. I play whatever you want, man." You know what I mean? <laughs> and he goes, "Okay, well, well, cool, man. I really, really dig your attitude, you know." And so this first song is uh, "George of the Jungle." You remember that cartoon? <laughs> I'm, I'm going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. I'm from that era, you know. <laughs> yeah, watch out for that too. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> he goes, okay, cool, man. Here we go. You, you just, you know, I'll tell you where to play this. That. I go, and then I'm thinking it's going boom, 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 boom. boom. I'm going, oh, what the? F <laughs> it's George. It's George. It's George. And then you know, Al's doing his thing, and we worked it out. What you know, they seemed to like what I put on it, and then I followed his direction. And and as I'm doing it, I'm going. And that's no disrespect to Al, you know. I'm thinking, I got to get my original together, man. They're giving record deals to Al to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I swear to God, I'm going, I got to get my demos together, man. There's, there's some money out here. <laughs> if, if I'd only been as successful as Al, man, like, you know, Al, but as we all found out, Al was a special thing. But, like, at that moment, and it just got weirder and weirder. I can't, you guys probably know more songs I played on than I remember right now, <laughs> you know, on these records, because I, I can't remember exactly what I played on. But he wasn't famous yet. He wasn't like a household name yet, then, I don't think. And maybe he was to, like, there was a, what was that radio show, the guy, Professor something, or? Dr. Demento. Dr. Demento, Yeah. I mean, that kind of crowd might have known about him, but he wasn't like, you know, 
how big he was when he did eat it and all that i don't think yeah you know you were on so the first song you did is that boy could dance which was on in 3d which had eat it on the record so oh so i was there I was there in the beginning. You were there in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I was there when history was being made. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, man. That 3D. That's right. It was that. Uh, what year was that? It was October 1st, 1983 was the day. When it was recorded. released. No, that was when it was recorded. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, it was wow. released in February 1984. Okay, yeah, so that that makes sense then, because that Rod Stewart thing came out earlier, you know, in 83. So I was kind of on the airwaves and stuff with a big hit and all that. So, yeah, so that that was hit, and I was so stoked just to be with Rick, and then Al was totally, you know, he's out, you know. He was <laughs> down-to-earth, funny, nut, nut nutcase, you know. <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was a f- fun day. I I enjoyed it. You know, a lot. You know, I, I had fun with those guys. You know, did I play on more than one record? Yeah. So you know, it's a little fuzzy looking. There's not a whole lot of details about exactly which songs you did, but from our research, we can tell that you've been on at least three of his albums. No kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and if the dates I'm looking at are correct, it would have been four different times in the studio. That's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta have you guys with this over, man. You gotta e- email me all that yeah. stuff. Cause like, I I you know on just a little side thing. I, for thank God, there's these companies in London and PPL and other things that they they send me money for playing on records like a long time ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I got and I just went through this whole thing of like you know there's a hundred songs I played on that you know depending on how they're used in TV or radio or something. What, I don't know what the whole thing is, but it's like, I could, I know I went through this list. I didn't see any Weird Al songs on it. And, and, I, know, and I know Weird Al is played around the world, right? Yeah, I don't know how many songs would be in like TV shows and commercials, but yeah, I mean. But, easy. Yeah, but he's he, if he's played, it's like we get paid. And it's kind of strange. Usually it's songwriters or, you know, producers or something. These these they, uh, agencies, whatever you want to call them, they 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 take care of the musicians that actually played on the on the songs, you know. That's incredible. Like for like like I played, you know, I don't know if you guys know, I played with Eurythmics for a while. I played on Missionary Man and a lot of songs on that record, Revenge, and and even groups like Faster Pussycat, some of the obscure kind of headbanging groups. They pay a lot. That's amazing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, well we'll get you that list of songs that we know that you oh I, I, you thank you man thank you check man. it out and make sure because like what you, it's what you do. yeah because yeah, i think al is play i mean I, I, I he should be i'm not just saying it man he he, he he took it to a whole other level that kind of you know genre <laughs> i think he i think he even made it up <laughs> you know I still I can picture Eat It now, you know, and I was, you know, they're just too funny, you know. So let's go back to, if you can remember that day in the studio, that first day in the studio. Was it a full day in the studio that you were there? Or were you just there for a couple hours? What was that day kind of like? Probably about three and four, maybe five. But, you know, it, it was a good chunk of time. You know, most sessions, three hours. And, you know, we usually do three. But I think we, you know, 
and we weren't in a real hurry. I wasn't ever, you know, hell, I was, I was having a ball just hanging with yeah. Rick Darren. <laughs> sure. you know, being in the studio. I was, you know, I'm just no hurry to get out of there. And they, and they were like trying to figure out, you know, once they figured out I, what I could do, you know, with whether it's harmonica or sax or flute or something, you know, it, it kind of usually happens when I'm in a session, the people figure out, Oh wow, this guy can do it. He's, he's, he's good enough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then they'll go, Hey, let's get away. What, what else am I going to get on while he's here? You know, it's that kind <laughs> right. of thing. So, so, and that wasn't like the, like now in pro tools, you just go, you know, you click up on that thing. You had to find the real, you had to, you know, it was a little more time consuming to record and all that then, you know, and you, and you had to be actually better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nowadays, like, oh man, this is boom, boom, you know, back to where you, you know, it's like you had to be on your, be on your game back then, in my my opinion. But like, now they, we were probably about three to five hours, you know. When you came there, you had the songs already, so you could practice them, or you saw them for the first time in the studio. No, I, I just hell, like I said. He pulled me aside and said, this is not your regular type of record, you know. <laughs> They're used to playing on, like, with Rod and you know. I said, like, ah, I don't care. I play on anything. Blah, blah, blah. You know, so, so, that, so, no, no, I didn't hear. Not, they didn't give me that. There was, and, but, you know, and another thing, like, in these current times, you can send someone an MP3 or whatever, you know, of the songs you want them to play on. To do that back then, they'd have to get a tape together, get it over to you, and, and a lot of people didn't even want to do that for whatever reasons, you know, they want to keep things secret and all that. But like, no, I just, when I walked in, which was like most things I did back then, I, I had no idea what I was walking into, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I kind of took pride in. I was, I, you know, I was like, Hey, just put it up. Let's see what we can do. You know? <laughs> no, they, they didn't, they didn't have that, uh, that courtesy, those guys, <laughs> the bastards. <laughs> Looking at the recording date for that first session, October 1st, 1983. As far as I can tell, you were just on That Boy Could Dance. Do you remember if you did other songs? I mean, I didn't hear any saxophone or harmonica in Nature Child of Hell, Mr. Popeil, Buy Me a Condo, or Midnight Star. I'm just wondering if any of those sound familiar. Nah, you know, maybe I just played on that. But wasn't Georgia the Jungle on that record, or was it later? That would have been your third session with them. If these oh dates I'm looking God. at are right. Because <laughs> that the first one I remember is that. So maybe I'm <laughs> so, <laughs> Maybe they're lying. Because I... I, <laughs> cause I I remember that just so vividly in my mind, that, that moment, you know, you know, Rick's smile, you know, that impish smile he's got going, hey, dude, this is going to be weird. <laughs> so George the Jungle came years later. Yeah, that was 1985. Holy crap, man. <laughs> I sound right, but hey, who knows, man. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but it's like, I should all we all should all have been old friends by then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, you know, I'm they, they I liked you enough to invite you back for yeah, man. albums, right? Man, I have no memory of that. I mean, I have memory of like, you know, but that boy can dance was kind of a hit, wasn't it? I mean, it was a single and all that. Well, it was the B side to uh, Eat It, actually. So. Oh man. <laughs> well, he did. Did he do okay with that? Did that sell? Oh, eat it? Yeah, eat it. So great. 
I know it's a silly question, but I got to ask. <laughs> I'm waiting for my goal record, man. <laughs> I, I think people were really just buying it to get that B-side, that boy could dance. <laughs> yeah, what did I do on it? I'm sure it was all me. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> I am curious, though. Like, So you say you don't really have an idea of what you're doing before you show up, but you show up, you do that boy could dance, and there's you know, a, a saxophone solo on there. Do, you, do they just kind of give you the free reign to do that? Or do you do it a couple times and they pick their favorite? How does that work? Uh, yeah, they just, they'll just, you know, say, okay, here's the spot we want you to blow and I'll figure out what the changes are, you know, the key or the chord changes. And sometimes in a studio session, they'll have a chord chart for you, but a lot of times nobody has nothing for you. You just got to do it by <laughs> ear and, and uh, and that's pretty much what I think I did. I just figured, and then and then it's like what you said. We'll we'll figure. Okay, that and then I'll do a pass, and they're going, "Oh, that was great. The first few bars were great. Right here, if we could punch in here, and then the ending was great. Or and then we'll keep that another one. You know, you do it a few times for them sometimes, and sometimes they'll keep the one you thought was great, and sometimes they'll do a comp of one solo and do the end the use the beginning of one, the middle of another mm. and the ending of another. It, it's like that, you know, but most of the times in answer your question, I don't, I don't know in advance and, uh, and we'll all listen to the song and we'll figure sometimes like, Hey, can you put some in the intro? This, this first four to eight bars, a little sex riff or something there. And then maybe there's a, sometimes a spot between the first verse and the second verse, you know, there'll be a little interlude where you just do a little riff. And then sometimes as a song progresses, sometimes you they want to fill after a one line or something, you know, and uh, you just kind of build a little bit. You don't give away everything in the beginning, and then it gets to the solo and say, okay, these eight bars or sixteen bars, you're it's all yours. Go for it, you know. And uh, that was pretty much my spe is my specialty was, I. I not hopefully don't sound too arrogant, but I <laughs> like to think of myself as a, a soloist, you know. Yeah. But but I do sections and all that. But like um, you know, I like I love to solo. Studied people's, ripped them off their their techniques and solos and everything, like we all do. And then hopefully it comes out in the rinse like it's it's us, you know. <laughs> but that's what we do. <laughs> what's really great about these songs is the solos really are very memorable i mean they're they're great solos so you certainly left a very great impression on the fans wow i mean when i listen to the songs it's like i'm waiting for that it's so ingrained in my music experience you know these things that you you know uh -huh. you're a kid just kind of improvising the stuff like is you know it really has made an effect on a lot of people wow who love weird al's music so it, i i mean i love it wow that's that's great awesome Th thank you man it's like <laughs> i i forget about it sometimes you know i really do you know i i, I go, oh. and then a lot of people will come back and like they like what you just said and uh, or like some solo i did with the rhythmics of missionary missionary man or something and they go man i was 10 when i heard that man that made me want to do this yeah, i'm going Wow, I, I forget about that. You know? <laughs> right. But but it was the same thing for me when I listened like to King Curtis or Stanley Turrentine, Junior Walker, you know, on sax. You know, I remember hearing. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You know, it, it makes a, uh, an imprint on your mind. You know. Yeah. Certain things, but I, I'm I gotta admit I'm kind of like almost floored to hear that. You know that <laughs> that people 
I'm going to go have listen to these things. <laughs> what, the, what the hell did I do? <laughs> you know, that's a funny thing, too, because, like, that was, like, 30 years ago, right? Totally, yeah. We're talking. Oh, yeah, 36. Holy crap. So, like, I play not – I play similar totally, but I've, I've – I've evolved. I, I think I like to think I got better, but sometimes I know back then I was, I'm a little more, see, I, I'll, I'll be full disclosure. I learned that by, by playing to records. I didn't learn in school. You know, I, uh, I took some lessons from people along the way, but harp and harp never really took no lessons, but sax took, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to play in school be honest with you true story i wanted to get in school band <laughs> they, they told her, I, I took some tests in uh, elementary school and they said i don't have any musical aptitude <laughs> so, so i never got in the band man and then they put me in choir and i think I, I was like 13 or 14 i was seventh grade and i was hitting puberty and then my voice was going hey, oh, hey, oh. And I, it was just it was a disaster and so i didn't get a sax so a friend of mine was it was about three, my 18th year, I was in a senior in high school, and the guy goes, oh, I'm tired of this thing. I don't want to do it no more. I said, hey, can I borrow it? And it was a tenor sax, you know. And I was already playing in blues bands up in Sacramento. And uh, so I just started, that's how I started playing. So I didn't have much time in the school band. I can read music now, but I didn't really read it for a long time, you know. So what, most of the stuff I know is I know, I know chord structures. I know, you know theory about chords and things but like i didn't really know how to read the notes and things like that too good so i uh, forgot what we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> did you start with the harmonica was it the first thing that you learned to play uh i want to say yes but i gotta be honest i started <laughs> on flute okay but but okay. i had bought a hot flute and and it just turns out that the girl that this flute was stolen from was like the the number one flautist in California. She was from my high school, and 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 I and I was so I was so street savvy that I had the same, you know, flute case with the numbers on it. You know, I didn't change it or not. And I took summer school, and I walked by just by coincidence. I walked by this girl every day on my way to my music class, and she see. She sees me, who knows how many times, because she was at summer school too, with her flute. And then, like after I'd learned, you know, been there about four weeks, five weeks, I kind of learned how to read music a bit. You know, the detectives come in and they're talking to the, <laughs> the music, the music teacher, and I'm up into like this little like amphitheater thing, and I I'm looking down watching the scene, and then they turn and look at me and point, and I'm going, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> So my flute career was cut short, so I didn't play too much. But then, <laughs> so I, but basically, really, in all honesty, the harmonica is my real first instrument. As like, I really, you know, I'm kind of more, no, I'm known as a harmonica player and sax. But like, my harmonica work, I would, to be honest, I think is more unique. Harmonica, I think, is like, but I, I feel totally at this time in my career and everything, and even then. I feel real comfortable in most situations on on sax in a session or in live as a harmonica and that my flute is lag is a definite third. <laughs> 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 you know. 
I'll be the first one to tell him, but I can I can get by on it, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys know I was with Dr. Dre. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. We did a song called Funky Flute, and you can hear my flute on that. <laughs> I, I mean, when I first got with Dre, they signed me to a record deal because I've been playing with NWA on their records, and then they like they liked my voice. They could care less that I played great or anything. They just said, oh, man, we got to get that voice, you know, I'm going – Oh, that's cool. Great. They don't like that. <laughs> so I go over to his house, and I remember I'm waiting there, and he's late, and he come, it pulls in, and there's really fast in this vet, this Corvette, and, and he's and he's running to the door, and he's just like saying, come on, and we never even met. We've never been introduced yet, you know? And, and he's like running in the house, and it turns out he's running because he's got an ankle bracelet on. He's not even supposed to be out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I had to get in the house quick because I was supposed to be back, you know. So, so I've, I've, I've set up all my instruments. I put up saxes up, an array of harmonicas, my flute, and I'm thinking, ah, cool. I said, he goes, what? Well, I had a song, and I, I, I go, well, what, what do you want to do? Oh yeah, the flute. I'm going great. <laughs> so that's the first song we wrote together, is Funky Flute. But like, I don't know if I did. I play flute on on house records. Not that I'm aware I of. Yeah, I don't now. think I did. I think it was, it was mostly the sax, probably. Did I play any harmonica? You did play harmonica. You played harmonica on Generic Blues, which was oh, a yeah. Jeff soundtrack. I have heard that. That that was pretty cool. They gave me a long, <laughs> they gave me a lot of room on that one, huh? Oh, yeah. It's the whole song, pretty much. <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, when I met back in the I'm going, holy <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that, man. Yeah, I had gone back because I know you probably seen it. Maybe that's how you got the whole matter. But like me and Bermuda Schwartz somehow hooked up online, you know, with one of my blogs or something. And and he sent me photos and we kind of compared notes and stuff. And I went back and listened to Generic Blues and I was going, oh, wow, man. That, that was, that's hot. I mean, it's pretty cool. <laughs> It's it's really fun. You forget, you know. <laughs> so there's a really cool fun fact about generic blues. It's said to be one of BB King's top ten favorite blues songs of all time. Get out of here! Well, I was gonna ask you if you ever heard that, and obviously you haven't. <laughs> well, I, I, man, no, but you know, I wish I had known that because uh, I don't know if you you know. I used to play with Etta James a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and we were on tour with BB towards uh you know around 2010, and it was BB King, Etta James, and Al Green. It was a really cool tour, wow. you know. Yeah, and and if I'd have known, I would have asked him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty annoyed with me usually. Um, but if only he knew that you were the guy from yeah. one of his yeah, favorite I could've, songs. I could have I could've had some redemption. <laughs> I'm kind of exaggerating, but once I, he used to do these things so people after the show could come, like they'd have a hotel room or some room, you know, that they'd come and meet and greet and hang with them and ask questions. And yeah. and he, and just ha one just happened to be this place called Humphreys or something in San Diego. And yeah. and I've never really checked them out, and uh, and so I went to, and it was in a hotel room, and I'm, these people are trying to. He's like sitting kind of on a big bed, and people are around him, and the TV is bla blaring, you know. And I can tell people are. He can hardly hear the question, and people can't hear it. 
and I'm just watching it, you know, I'm not participating. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is stupid, man. Someone should turn that down. So I found the remote and I turned the TV down. And then as I did it, it got real quiet and I turned and he's looking at me and I'm, and I'm going, uh Oh, and everyone's looking at me and I'm going, hey, I gotta get a little smile. Like, hey, sorry. Is that, that good? He goes, well, you could have asked. <laughs> I went, I went, You're right. Sorry, man. He goes, no, it's, it's better now. Thank you. You know, he was like, kind of, you know, busting my balls, but like, yeah. you know, <laughs> he wouldn't give me no slack. Man. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I wish I'd have known, man. That, did he really say that? That's great, man. That's like, great. I, I'm going to, I'm going to use that. That's what we've heard. That's what we've heard. Yeah. That's what we've heard. <laughs> I mean, what, what man, Al must have been stoked when he heard that. <laughs> I mean, come on. You, you do generic blues, and you're, you know you're taking a side of the blues. Right. And, and, I mean, that's what he does. He takes a out of everybody. And, like, and then B.B. King is loving it. <laughs> yeah, well, when Al would perform that song live, he would he would say that fact that this was one of B.B. King's top ten songs. <laughs> is he still on tour? Um, is he going to be playing L.A.? He just did a few months ago. Ah, shucks. He did a huge tour uh, called Strings Attached, and he toured with a 30-piece orchestra. And yeah, I saw that. You know, I don't know why. I'm so slow sometimes. Like I should have like reached out to him and said, if you want, I'll come down and play on Generic Blues. That would have oh. been cool. <laughs> you know? But maybe I still will. You know, maybe, maybe we can... You know, there's another concert coming up or something. You know, that would be so cool. Yeah. I'll tell, uh, <laughs> I'll tell Bermuda. You know, hey, don't worry about it. Let's just do it. <laughs> be so fun. That would be yeah, amazing. That would be really cool. Does he do it in the show? Not last tour, but the tour before on the ill-advised vanity tour. Right. In 2018 was the last time he performed that song, but I'm sure it'll come back at some point. Yeah. Does he like? Does he tour every couple of years or something, or every year? often is he tour yeah usually every other year at least so yeah uh, the next tour is uh said to be in 2021 all right i'm gonna give him a buzz <laughs> say, look come on guys come on it's time let's do it it's been 40 years <laughs> next tour we might not be here <laughs> one for the road tour <laughs> i'm curious about so the second album uh you did with alice called dare to be stupid and the two confirmed songs that we're able to figure out is George of the Jungle, obviously, and then a song called Cable TV. But I also, I heard saxophone in Slime Creatures from Outer Space. And I was wondering if you remembered playing on that song. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> there wasn't another sax guy, but that's, right? Because, I mean, it was recorded the same day uh, as Cable well, TV. Really? Oh, well, then... Who knows? They might have said, "Hey, this guy—he—he's not—he's not the Jimmy Z he used to be." <laughs> Don't say nothing, but it, you know, there's another guy walking in as I'm walking out. You know? <laughs> but I don't know. But you know what? What's it? Let me write down the name. I—I I can email you later. I'll go take a list, and I'll go in a minute. If yeah. it's me or not? Okay. We'll send you. We'll people, send you the list. Most, most people are better, you know, and I can tell. But I might have to say, if it sounds really good, I'm going to have to take credit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. What else did I play on in that one? Uh, so on Dare to be Stupid, it was George of the Jungle and Cable TV. And then... So they, 
they actually kept what I did on George of the Jungle. I mean, unless they went in and redid it. <laughs> but I yeah, assume it's so. always a possibility. <laughs> always a possibility. But I, I got a feeling I'm on there. Yeah, I, I would assume you know, so. <laughs> you know, well, wow, man, that's like, and that's two years after the first one, huh? Yeah. And so then the third time when you did the UHF soundtrack, you did Generic Blues, and I think maybe you also did Attack of the Radioactive Hamsters from a Planet Near Mars, because that was recorded on the same day. That rings a bell. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you said okay. (laughs) I mean, think about this. Weird Al, man. He didn't even have that title that day. You know? <laughs> you remember playing on... What's the, what, is, what was that last title? Attack of the Radioactive Hamsters from a Planet Near Mars. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, sir, I'm gonna remember that. You know, like... Hey, we're, all, they, all they do is say, Hey, man, just see what you think you could do on this. They right. don't say, It's Attack of the... Slime monster, bastard, <laughs> gerbils from Mars. You know they don't. They don't take time to say anything. And, and a lot of times, songs change. It could have been gerbils. It could have been you know gerbils at first, and then become hamsters. You know things change with an artiste. Yes. <laughs> you know Weird Al. He he's an artiste. He's fickle. You know, uh, it didn't maybe rhyme with something, so he needed hamster. Right. You know? <laughs> but I, I gotta check that out too, because yeah. I, I could be miss, I could be missing out on special payments. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to type these in these people in London. <laughs> <laughs> Looking up the titles, man. <laughs> this oh, is I perfect. Yeah, so I mean if those two are ones you played on, then that is a total of six songs with Al. My legacy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of it. Yeah, it sounds about right, you know. You know, <laughs> sounds good to me. We're writing history you know, here. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm I'm finding out my history. It's so weird. Sometimes I get these statements like from these things I was telling you about and it's like okay, you got paid so much from Cher and then Ricky Martin. I'm like, oh, I have no Remember that all. Oh, I'm playing on a share record, <laughs> which is not that far fetched, you know. In those times, you know, I was there. You know, he's hands on guy. But some people like Share, Ricky Martin, they they ain't gonna be there when I'm doing my thing. It'll be me and the producer and the right. engineer, or something. You know what I mean? They're, by that time, you know, they might be there for when everybody's doing it. And it's all exciting, but by the time I get there. They can't wait to get the damn thing finished, and they're looking for some way to save a song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we can't think of nothing, man. But it's either gonna be we just drop this song, but I know this guy plays harmonica, you know. <laughs> and, and that's I swear to God, that's, a, that's a, I come in on a lot of things like that, and then I'm I'm gonna sound like I'm bragging, and maybe I'm a bit, but a lot of times that song that they thought they weren't even gonna use, then they use it as a single. Right. After I. After I yeah. get done with that, m- <laughs> <laughs> that's that's those a kicking in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, damn man, 
yeah, I played that much with that. I'll be honest with you. I thought I thought it was I thought it was only one record or something. You know, just call us if you ever need help remembering something. You know. Well, I should. Well, what I'm think I should be on the tour. You should I mean, be. Come on, <laughs> come on, point. guy. I mean, ow, what the. F- <laughs> if you hire a string section, you can get a lowly, lowly sax slayer. I mean, guys, if you got any pull, man. All right, well, <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Blatant rowing myself in. <laughs> now, I was wondering if you actually remembered what you got paid on those days for working with Weird Al in the studio. It's funny you mention that because this is a whole nother weird kind of story. Oh no. She's <laughs> Scotty brothers. Rumor had it. They were kind of gangsters, you know, in LA at the time. I don't know. Have you ever heard that? It's true. They were like supposedly mafia and they were, they, wow. were, they were attached to Sylvester Stallone somehow. I think survivor had that big hit. You know, I had the tiger on them. Right. On rock and roll records, yeah. Am by I, Tad Dowd and uh, the Sky. Was, was that, so I'm not not far off from the truth on what I'm saying, right? Well, I, I, they, were, they had Survivor on their out on their label. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that, yeah. So there was some kind of connection. So anyway, the word on the street was like, hey, be careful. These guys are, you know, mafia. Whatever, 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 whatever the f- that means. So I do the session, and I, you know, I used to do a double scale, you know, to the union, but they wanted to pay cash, so there was we made a deal there'd be more. So I think I was supposed to be paid five hundred bucks cash, but they didn't pay me that day. And a week or so goes by, another week, and I called the office a few times, and I at Scotty Brothers, and I got the runaround. And so, <laughs> I, would, I don't know if you, I got to, you know, be honest, back then I was, I was, I was known as kind of a character, crazy, crazy, basically, you know, and I, and I don't know if you remember a part of, um, of The Hustler, the, the original with Paul Newman, and he, is it Eli, not Eli Wallet, but um, anyway, the guy that was his manager, he breaks his fingers, you know, uh-huh. so, so he can't play pool. <laughs> right. But, but the, and, uh, and yeah, it, what most managers would do if you have a disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> so then in the movies, you know, Paul Newman come, makes a comeback and he, and he comes back and he's better than ever, but he's been making all this money without his manager. And they have this, meeting after you know and it's you know and it's black and white really really well shot you know and they're alone in this you know maybe five and four in the morning and and they're having this like oh kid see you done well you know you come back and everything and then they go back and forth and it's like hey what the hell what you know what the fuck you want get to the point he goes and and the, the actor goes i want and he hits slams his hand on the table right when he, he goes i want my money you know? <laughs> like he, want, he wants his cut you know so he's doing like this, i want my money you know like that so i thought everybody had seen the movie you know but and i used to do that to people <laughs> so, so can i help you yeah i want my money you know? I think, 
looking back, I think I freaked a few people out, you know. So, <laughs> so getting back to the story, so I'm getting a little bit, you know, I'm getting a little angry that I ain't been paid. I'm getting the runaround. So finally, I get, I did that. I did that little routine with the secretary, poor girl. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Look at man, this is Jimmy Zane. You, you know, it's, I've been calling for weeks now, and I want my money. <laughs> she goes, "Hold on, let me." So I get on the phone with one, I don't know, Frank or somebody, you know, you know, Frankie Five Angel, Scotty, you know, one of those guys. <laughs> and he gets on the on the phone, and he's cool and nice as. In a pie, you know, and he, he's going, hey, Jimmy, how you doing? Man, we love what you did on house thing. Like, uh, we're so, so apologize, man. You, you know, you know, I really like to meet you, man. You, you sound like a real, <laughs> real character, nice guy to meet. Can you come down and I'll, I'll get you a check today? I'm going, well, that'd be great. Um, I, I got the, I, I'll be down there. And as I put the phone down, I'm going, oh, f I think I'm being set up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I swear to God, I'm going, man, did I just set myself up? You know? And I'm going, oh, I don't know what if I should go down there. And I called a few people. They're going, man, they can't. That's a lot. You know what I'm going, oh, man. So I I go down there. If I said, it, I want my money. <laughs> and I... I go and the guy. And I wish I remember his name, man, because it's gonna it's gonna end up great when it, in the story. So I get, I go down there and I go in the office and and he was cool. He was so nice and and we we actually listened to the record a little and he he paid me my five hundred bucks and and it was totally cool, <laughs> you know you know and, and everything's great, right? So I, okay, fast forward. I swear to God, like uh, this is about five years ago, I get a call for a casual at this mansion in Beverly Hills for somebody's birthday party. I don't know. I'm just playing with the band, the guy, because, hey, it's from these guys, you know, these mm -hmm. Italian guys. It's them. It's the Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> and they recognize me. No. They go, and and I, I, I couldn't hardly play because they said, hey, forget about playing. Man. Come on, sit with it. And they're going, hey, but this Jimmy Z played on the weird. I remember when he did that thing. He said, I want my money and all that <laughs> <laughs> it was like so f weird. <laughs> it was pretty funny, man. I was like, oh, oh you guys remember that? Oh yeah, <laughs> we had a good laugh on that one. Wow, that's why they remembered you, probably. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> Are they kept inviting you back? Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I kept, I kept getting paid. They, they are always right on time after. Yeah. So. <laughs> they won't f with me, man. <laughs> I think I was lucky they saw I had a sense of humor. Because yeah. <laughs> it was a joke. I was, you know, yeah. I want, I did want my money. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was like, I think I even explained that, you know, as I'm there kind of like trying not to sweat bullets going, hey, you know, I just want, I want to apologize. Dude. Secretary, I was just playing, you know, I explained the whole thing with the movie, the hustler and everything. And I was just, you know, just doing a little take on it. <laughs> Everything cool, boss. 
they were totally fun. They were, of all places, what are the odds that I end up there? And, uh, <laughs> and they, they were totally cool. They remembered everything, you know. I'm sure they're still making money off Al, as they would. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> so, I mean, you've worked with, as we mentioned, Dr. Dre, Etta James, all these amazing people, Rod Stewart. Have you ever, though, been hired and specifically told, like, hey, we heard you on this Al record and we wanted to hire you? Never. Never? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> That's <bastard. laughs> um, I don't think so, man. I, I don't. I can't remember, but a lot, but that's no, no slight against Al because sometimes they never say it about anyone else either, you know? Right. Like, you know, so, uh, I don't know, you know, so I don't, I can't remember none, <laughs> you know, but maybe after this podcast, I'm come on guys, get it out. There. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's ztribe.com people. Ztribe.com. <laughs> Just send me your tracks. I can record them here and send them back, <laughs> which is what I do a lot. Oh, so you're not even like going into someone else's studio at this point. I do. I still do. I go, you know, I do, but I do a lot of stuff out of my little studio here at home. You know, just, uh, I do even horn section stuff, you know, like, uh, with another, like a trumpet player, a friend of mine, and Lee Thornburg and Bill Churchville, they do arrangements and they play trumpet and trombone. And then, they send me the parts for tenor and Barry and we can, we can make it sound like full, full on either tower power or, or maybe a bigger section if you want. And we never even see each other. We just do it in our own studios and, you know, but I still go to studios, drive miles and miles. Yeah. And track. <laughs> <laughs> go do it, do it the old fashioned way, you know? And, and I enjoy that. Actually, I enjoy it. I enjoy both ways, but like sometimes when I'm on my own, I'm too anal. I will like go over and over something oh, that yeah. if I was in the studio, they would have said that was perfect. Okay, now do on the next, you know. And I, I'm like going, ah, oh, this is the one little thing that no one's gonna <laughs> really hear, you know, unless they're really like listening to this thing totally soloed. It's gonna be back in the mix. Probably it's gonna have some some effects on it or something. And it's like I spend way too much time on it, I found. And if I'm in a studio and the people go, oh, that's great. And I'm thinking, oh, cool. I'm almost out of here. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I better not like nitpicking, you know, I'll be here all night. <laughs> I mean, with your rhythmics, man, that I flew with Phil Chen. He's a real famous bass player, played with Rod Stewart, Jeff Beck. We flew to London and to Paris from L.A. And... When we got to Paris, they forgot. And, and you know, we sat in the airport a lot. No one picked us up. Finally, we, as we're driving into Paris from the airport, he said, you want to go to the studio or the hotel? And me and Phil go, eh, let's go to the studio. You know, it was about five in the afternoon. And we're, you know, we've been drinking. You know, it's been on a flight for, for 20 hours now. <laughs> and we get in, and it's like, it's a party. It's a party. In the, in the, and I'm, and as I was going in, I was thinking, ah, rhythmics techno pop yeah see what you know and i had all my horns my harps blah blah, blah. and uh, and when we get in the studio it's a really nice totally modern great studio top of the line and it's a party they're drinking tequila there's beers in the f-ing coke machine they're smoking hash in <laughs> in the you know in the beer cans poking holes and you know 
and uh, the song is like, dun, 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 dun. you know, it sounds like ACDC, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, your rhythmics, you know, <laughs> you know, it was not what I expected, you know, and I'd known Dave because I'd been doing sessions with Dave and I met him when I played with Tom Petty and that back up, they wrote that song, um, don't come around here no more. And uh, so I'd known Dave, and I did a lot of sessions in L.A. with him with Stevie Nicks and blah, 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 and other people. So anyway, but I never met Annie. And, uh, she's a Scottish girl, and she, I meet her, and then I'm sitting there, and they got Phil to go play bass on this song, right? And uh, I'm just kind of, I'm getting a buzz, to be honest. I'm sitting there, and uh, <laughs> I haven't shaved, and, I, you know, and, and she goes, all right, I can't do a Scottish accent. She goes, all right, Jimmy Z, uh, Get, she's at the end of the cast. She gets up and she's looking at me and she goes, "Let's come on, let's see what you can do," you know. And I go, and I and I pop up and we're looking at each other, you know. And I go, "Okay, put it out." And she goes, "No, no, mate, you know you're jet lagged, you're tired. No, no, I'm just joking." I said, "Hey, put it up." And she goes, <laughs> "She goes, oh, like oh," and I went, "Oh," and I was going, "Oh, f now I've done it," you know. <laughs> so now I got to go out there and play in this song, right? And it's like I'm getting a sound with an amp with these French guys, and Dave goes finally, "Just play what you feel, just run down." So it starts up, and I start. I hear what I should do for an intro, because and it goes to the re-intro i do a thing a riff on it and then it, it goes to this place i think should be the solo so i blow a solo and then it, it hadn't been edited and i know it's the outro so it's going over and over on the chorus it goes like seven minutes maybe eight and i'm getting cotton mouth you know i've been smoking <laughs> and, but but, I, but i've got this macho vibe i'm not gonna stop i'm not because i've got this far i'm not gonna stop thinking <laughs> i take a drink of water you can punch in you know like one of those you know no, man, I'm going for it. I'm, it's the dragon across my lips. is hard. I'm like, when's this song going to end? And it and it ends, finally. And I'm out in this picture, this big room. And I'm looking at, like, a you know, through the glass. These people about 30 feet away through the glass of the control room. And there's 15 people in there. And no one says nothing. Nothing. And it's not a good sign. Usually they say, hey, that was, you know. Right. It was good. Just try another one or, you know, play a little less here, a little more, whatever. And then Dave comes on. And he goes, come on in. And that's another thing. The next worst thing you don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're done. It ain't working. You know, <laughs> I'm going great. The first thing I do with your rhythmics and it sucks, you know, and I'm going, oh, that's a long walk, you know, and I walk through the, the double doors and I go to this door and I'm it's two steps up and the first person when I open the door it's Annie Lennox and she's looking at me you know she's looking at me weird and she goes f***ing great mate you know <laughs> I'm all gone oh man that went, it's like a big sigh of relief went oh really she's okay oh f***ing incredible mate you know? I'm going oh man cool so we listen down to it right and I'm going okay cool Dave now I know the song let me have another go. He goes, no, you're done. I'm going, yeah, yeah, <laughs> good one. Anyway, give me another one. Do another pet. He goes, no, you're done. I'm going, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to get in, you know, in a big argument with the boss. Right. I just arrived, you know. <laughs> and, and and pretty much that's in the story. That that and then I never and then that's like I was saying the same before. Mister Man was just some song they're doing. It becomes the first single in America for them off that record. 
What song was it? Missionary Man. Wow. Don't miss with a missionary man. You know, and uh, and and that was the 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 first take. As I never got a chance to do it again. <laughs> and it's probably, you know, he he knew best. I'm happy with it. You know, I would have liked to have another shot at it, but that's. <laughs> Hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> but that's what happens sometimes, you know. When you go in, it, it, they it, people are hearing it different from you, and that's a good thing, I think. You know, they they hear it, and it's it's not that it's good enough. It's they're hearing what it, you know, something that even I can't hear at the moment. You know, mm. they went, oh, that was the you know they know enough what they're doing you know and i'm like going oh i can do better than that but you know <laughs> but sometimes you can't and maybe it's not that it's better it's just different but that one did have the the magic and the mojo whatever you want to call it it had you know the hot sauce on it and, and and i usually i'll go with producers if they think hey you know they got a vision of this whole this whole world of this song is going to be way more than I do anyway, you know, <laughs> I, you know, but he's probably thinking, well, we're just, you don't know, we're just going to use that first little bit he did, you know, but we're not going to tell him, but you know what I mean? It, it could be like that, but, and I'm thinking like, well, I, this is going to be like how it's going to be, you know, but you got to like, as a session player, just go with the flow. If they're digging it, just say, unless it's really, there's a real clam that you can really fix easy, you know, yeah, I go, look, okay, cool. But I got to fix this a little bit. That's going to bug me forever, you know, <laughs> which is another thing you got. <laughs> you got to remember, you're going to have to live with this thing, for, right. especially with the <laughs> internet. <laughs> you're yeah. going to have to live this for the, uh, the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, it's like more than ever. I mean, used to like, oh, if ever that record's played or here on the radio. But now, YouTube or whatever, Spotify, everything. You're going to live with it, man. <laughs> you <learn> to love it. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I'm pretty cool with most of what I've done. I'm curious about the studio experience. So, I mean, you walk into the Eurythmics, you're in, in Paris, and there's a party going on. There's people, there's beer, there's there's hash. What was the studio like when you were with Al? Is it just Al, his band, and the engineer? <laughs> How would you compare it? <laughs> it was a little more sedate and professional. Yeah. <laughs> not that the Eurythmics were not professional. It's just that happened. maybe it was just that. Because it wasn't always like that in recording dates with Eurythmics. It just happened to be that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, and there was tequila, you know, which was like an interesting thing being in Paris. <laughs> being a Mexican, I was not offended. <laughs> but, but like, uh, it wasn't always like that. But with Al, it was more like, you know, it was an afternoon session. So, you know, there was no... You know, there's water or soft drinks, and <laughs> we weren't. I don't think anyone was smoking any pot or anything. It was just, if you've seen the photos. Yeah. Yeah. How f healthy do we look? <laughs> it's like none of us ever touched a drop, and I can't believe those photos, you know. <laughs> I guess that it's not really proves anything, but. <laughs> But like no, we were, we were there was no drugs or drinking or nothing going yeah. on with Al in that session, you know. 
and I, that, in any of them, from my, but don't trust my memory. Maybe they're, they're, they're hiding it from me. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> you know, and it's just as well. From what I've learned, if anything, over the years, is like, how the hell did we do it when we were doing all the things we used to do? From drinking to cocaine to whatever, you know, it's like, I just can't imagine playing like that anymore. Right. right. And th- where I'm at now in life, it's like, oh, it's just like, no, 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 no. You know, it's like, <laughs> especially blow, man. It's the worst thing for a guy that's either singing or playing a wind instrument. You got this drain going down and, you know, you're, you're biting too hard on your mouthpiece. It's like, you know, you're gacking, you know, it's just, it's just all wrong for the instrument, you know? <laughs> One would think. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But then, have you ever seen that? that, uh, uh, It's a Nelson Mandela Freedom Fest concert I play at Wembley Stadium with Eurythmics. And I do play this song called Must Have Been an Angel. I'm kind of known for this solo. And and I can be honest with you, I tell you, I mean, I played, there's 100,000 people in the stadium. (laughs) And we're playing at 9.30 in the morning. (laughs) And I know I've been raging in London for two weeks, and I know if I, if I to be on stage at nine thirty at Wembley Stadium in London, you had to be. We had a lobby call like six in the morning, Ugh. so I know there's no way I was slept. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and like I know my roadie Booby Daniels, this Scottish guy who I could only understand like every other word <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like one of those the fat guy in one of those movies you know what's his name the comedian did you know with the scottish accent you know but he would have he would have a couple of hash joints rolled with tobacco in my i had this little tray no one could with lips you couldn't see him with all my harmonicas there'd be a little mirror with a couple of rails oh, on it geez. i mean you know i had, a, I had all my there, just my harps, you know. I know it was just, you know, cocktails, whatever I wanted, oxygen bottles. I remember Mick Jagger one time, he was working with Dave, he was on the stage for a few series of shows, and he saw me because being the instrument, I don't have to play on every sign. I go over and I take pure oxygen. And because they asked me, said, Hey, you want anything on your rider? You can have anything you want. And I don't know why, but I said, Yeah, I want some. I want some oxygen, <laughs> you know, and what it does, I don't know if you've ever done this, but when you breathe pure oxygen, it gets so much pure oxygen in your body. You can almost, you got to be careful. You can get a little lightheaded, you know, but you feel so mm, powerful with oh, all wow. this oxygen. So I would do it before that solo because I didn't have to play on the beginning of the song. Stevie Wonder did the solo on the record, must have been angel, but it, it became this thing that became a real showcase for me. And I would, and Jay was looking at me, breathing this air, and I'm looking, and he goes, you, you okay, mate? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's just oxygen. You want something? He goes, no, no, I'm cool. I said, it really good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it, I would just, I'd walk down before the solo, and I just like, a, I would play this like four-minute solo, and it's like, you go and watch, and I'm really proud of this. You go and watch, you can find it on my website. At ztribe.com, folks. Ztribe.com. It's a <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nelson Mandela concert. Must have been an angel with your rhythmics. It's one of my, I've been doing that solo for years with him, but I think I just, I've been up for days. 
probably two weeks and probably not probably not living too healthy on the way to the show <laughs> and man i just knocked it out of the part man it's like it's like holy crap i look at it now i go how the did that do that you know it's amazing i can still yeah. do it but i that was that was the thing i didn't finish i was gonna finish something with you I play different now. I'm more, I'm more musical knowledge now. Sometimes I have to like tell myself to switch into where I was then, where I really didn't. I just went totally on instinct. Like when I was with Al, I was going more on instinct than thinking about changes, mm. just what I thought. And and that is a cool thing. It's a cool thing to 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 do because sometimes I'm thinking, okay, now it's going to this change, and I'll play this. It's, Instead of just going without even, you know, you like ideally a combination of both. Sometimes you, you, you get too, one gets too hung up in changes and blowing the right thing over it instead of what just comes naturally out of you, you know. So that's the difference now, you know. And, that, and when I was playing with Al, I was going more on instinct probably you know and it, it works out <laughs> i got lucky <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it wasn't luck maybe you knew what you were doing you maybe couldn't talk about the science of it but you you knew what you were doing well that's the rumor i'm spreading <laughs> <laughs> jimmy we've covered so much this has been so much fun talking to you i got you man. i have one favor of you if you yeah, wouldn't but... mind, if you could just play us a little something. Oh, how much money you got? <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> Testing, how's that? Is it working? Sounds yeah. great. Okay, check this out. Okay, I want my ASCAP rights on this. This is Jimmy Z Shuffle. <laughs> Al, Weird Al's Jimmy Z Shuffle. <laughs> You got that out, you bastard. I got better, man. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was so great. Wow. Uh, it's been a pleasure, fellas. Anytime. We will check you out. Ztribe.com. There's so much music to check out. So many videos we need to catch up on. So many things. Anytime. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Hey, thank you, guys. 
And uh, well, let's get to Al, man, and we'll, we'll do some generic blues on the next tour. Yes. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'll get into, have all this fan club vote for it. And then, you know, <laughs> I'll take over from there. All right. <laughs> you got it. All right, guys. All right. Thank you, man. Oh, it was so great to chat with Jimmy Z. That was just a barrel of laughs. I could not stop laughing, even listening back to that interview. He was so much fun, and I'm just so excited to go check out all this music, the funky flute and the, the rhythmics, so much cool stuff. And of course, next time we chat with Jimmy Z, we are going to have to invite him to our favorite restaurant. We'll get some Yankaritas and we'll have some lovely, delicious Burrito Burrito. This week's episode was brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. You know, each week we can bring you this awesome podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Burrito Burrito and Don Ferlazzo Allstate, and of course our amazing Patreon supporters like Calvin and Kenneth, Kat, Richard, and, and so many more. Patreon helps us pay the bills and ensures that we can continue to do what we love to do and what you guys love to listen to, and that is we love making fun, family-friendly, maybe not this one, entertaining Weird Al <laughs> podcast for you. Please join us in thanking all of our supporters over on patreon.com slash 2000inch for making this podcast possible. And please consider joining our Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. And another way to support the podcast is by heading over to and ordering something from the official Dave and Ethan's 2000inch Weird Al podcast merchandise shop. You can head on over to shop.2000inch.com and you can check out our great new line of gill and chill items. We have a beach towel, a gill and chill tote bag, and my favorite, the gill and chillo. Dave, I just got a gill and chillo in the mail and I am in love with it. <laughs> it is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again to Jimmy Z and all of our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors. And thanks to everyone who follows at 2000 inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And an extra special thanks to one of our newest Instagram followers. Please make sure you join our Facebook group by heading on over to group.2000inch.com and signing up. If you have not already, make sure you tag all of your fun Al and podcast related posts on social media using hashtag 2000 inch and hashtag Tag Gil and Chill. And you can find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com and make sure to share our posts, tell your friends about the podcast, and we love it when you leave us messages to play on the air on our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know where to find us, but make sure you go on to your favorite podcast app and you subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're everywhere that good podcasts can be found. Make sure you subscribe, this way you do not miss a single episode. Man, Dave, I cannot stop thinking about that Eat It video. I, I really wish that they got the lyrics right. I feel like we should make our own video and get the lyrics right this time. I feel like our listeners can do a much better job at getting the lyrics right than all those celebrities did. So I'm going to give you guys a challenge. Put together your own Eat It music video and we will help you and we will join in and we'll get the lyrics right this time. Yeah, you know, we'll get them right and maybe we can even throw in a couple celebrities. Maybe we can get like, you know, Jack Black. Yeah. Or David Cross again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sarah Silverman would be great. Oh, that would be so awesome. Yeah, and uh, Patton Oswalt. Eh, gotta pass. 
that was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 55-inch. Let me just check this heart picture. Right, let me get another one. <laughs> got to be perfect. I was a little sticky. If I worked out on it. Oh, here we go. This one will be good. Okay, cool. That'll work.